and welcome to the seventh episode of the Novel Traveller podcast. My name is Michelle Walsh-Jackson and I'm the Novel Traveller. Well, I've some tasty treats on this week's podcast as my travels tantalise the taste buds and I take a trip down the pier of my own hometown of Hoth and I speak with Sean Doran of Doran Seafood. We get to chat about the fishing industry and how you can enjoy a taste of the sea from your own home. But first, to tickle your taste buds even more, my guest this week is award-winning chef and proprietor of Dumbrody House Hotel, Kevin Dundon. I've been lucky enough to be down his part of the world in beautiful South County Wexford and it's situated just beside the Hook Peninsula which is of course home to the world's oldest working lighthouse. So sit back and enjoy some very novel travel. This week I'm delighted to have award-winning highly acclaimed chef with me Kevin Dundon from Dunbrody House in lovely County Wexford. Hello Kevin thanks for joining me today. Absolute pleasure. It's good to hear your voice. And, and, and Kevin, you know, I've been down in your beautiful uh, property and, you know, there are a couple of things that really stand out for me. Your little uh, your little pub that you created and your farmer's yeah. market. They're two absolute gems and a real addition and a delight to the area, I have to say. Yeah, I think what's great about it is uh, what actually happened was that the local, our local pub closed, unfortunately. And uh, so we decided that we'd open our own pub on the grounds of Dunbrody and we called it the local. And basically it was old outhouses and we kind of uh, just refurbished them really casual and everything is cooked on fire in, in the restaurant. So it's a wood burner pizza oven. We do fish and chips, obviously. Great door, outdoor spaces. And then on a Sunday we do jazz music and we have the outdoor farmer's market. So which is all local arts and producers and artists and, and crafts, uh, which is, uh, it just kind of brings, i tell you what it's done, it's, it's actually brought the locals into the grounds of Dunbrody House that they might not have come into before. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's kind of opened up Dunbrody to a bigger market. And, mm-hmm. and it's real family driven, family oriented. Like yeah, obviously at, at nighttime you have live music and stuff like that, so it's a bit mm-hmm. of crack, I which we're missing that. big time. I, I know we all are, but you, Kevin, I have faith that this thing's going to just disappear in the summer. It's going to, it's going to fade away like it did last year. I have this hope and faith, distant yeah, memory <laughs> of history repeating itself that it will kind of die down like it did last year. So I'm holding to that thought, you know. Good, uh, well, I'm with you. Yeah, okay, excellent. Um, now, can I go to start with a quick fire round just to get an idea sure. of your likes and, and dislikes, if you don't mind? So, um, uh, you know, you, you can elaborate or you can just just pick one. So if I were to say Chinese or Indian, which would you go for? Uh, oh, Indian for sure. And I'll tell you why, because uh, Indian food uh, travels much better and it's better the next day. And when you get a good Indian meal, you'll be able to eat or taste every single spice in that dish. And I just think that Chinese is good. To me, it's too sweet, a lot of it. And uh, I like Peking duck, uh, but it doesn't travel. So the vegetables get soggy and stuff like that, where, sure. where, the, where an Indian is just spectacular. And I've traveled all over India, and I just love Indian, India, oh. and I love oh, the people great. of India. Oh, I'll be back to talk about that. <laughs> so yeah. if I were to say travel by boat or train, which would you go? Ah, both. I, I love trains, but I love going on the Shannon. 
on the cruises, cruises around Ireland on, on boats. But okay. if, I, if, if I was pushed to the collar, it would be definitely trains. Oh, yeah, there is something romantic about them. Uh, vineyard or distillery? Uh, uh, vineyard. Uh, because I love the outdoors, and I, I think I just love walking through, uh, through the vineyards and seeing the grapes and, and the whole process. And when you go to a good vineyard, it's really special. Theatre or cinema? Theatre. Theatre, for sure. Luxury or adventure? Uh, adventure. E-book? I like okay. luxury too, though. Don't oh, well, we all love <laughs> you. We the luxury, Kevin. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> we, we can deny it and pretend, but we all love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, e-book or paperback? Uh, paperback, for sure. I love the smell of a book. and so. uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Beach or mountain? Uh, beach. Dessert or main course? Uh, main course. Bike or Camino? Uh, bike. Um, caravan or tent? Tent. <laughs> and, you know, you nearly answered this one for me earlier when I said jazz or rock? Uh, jazz. I love yeah. jazz. <laughs> Well, you mentioned what you, you have in the pub, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can just picture you cooking away your jazz going in the background, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Uh, so look, going back to your first travel memories, Kevin, like where did you go on your first big journey that you really remember vividly? Well, we used to go to Kilkee in County Clare every summer. Uh, so we had a house down there and we used to go down, Mum and Sharon and myself used to go down, and Dad used to come down at the weekends. And I've got very fond memories growing up in Kilkee during the summer. But my first foreign holiday was South Africa when I was when I was 12. I think I was 12, 10, or 10 to 12. And uh, mom grew up in Zimbabwe or Rhodesia. So uh, my uncle lives in South Africa. So I remember that was a huge trip. And I remember going through Amsterdam because you flew Dublin, Amsterdam, and then Amsterdam to... Uh, to Johannesburg probably and uh, but we stopped in Amsterdam and a friend of dad's was uh, the head of a restaurant association uh, there they brought us out to this really smart restaurant and uh, and I remember uh, I ordered steak Diane uh, which was flambéed at the table. Oh, my, God, my God. At the table. Incredible exotic tastes even then. How old were you? Totally, <laughs> totally. I think I was just looking at the steak. But anyways, they, they were cooked it at my table. I remember them flambéing it with brandy. And I remember Dad saying, take it easy on the brandy. He's only 10 or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, no, that was... Uh, listen, I could talk about that particular holiday all day long. It's just uh, oh. some of the scenery that we saw in South Africa. It was just it's such a beautiful country. Beautiful yeah. country. I, I completely agree with you there. Absolutely love, love South Africa. I remember, I'll just give you one snippet because I think it's, it was really good, uh, particularly at, for my age at the time. Uh, my uncle had this kind of holiday home and it was in the middle of the bush is what they called it over there, like the middle of the woods. And, uh, and the local tribe used to mind his house for him. And we pulled up uh, uh, at his house in complete pitch black and we drove up this really long kind of road boring type thing up to the house and Jeremy my uncle and myself walked up to the the tribe's um, homestead 
and they were all sitting around in a circle with a big fire inside. It's like it sounds like a story for a ten-year-old. And yeah. the the chief was sitting up on the big high high stool, and we had to get the key of the house off him. And uh, it was amazing. And then we went down and opened opened the house, and we stayed there. And the next day, when we woke up, I just remember the view. What the vista was unbelievable. And There's the, yeah. There, there was pomegranate trees. I remember them in front of the house. And it's like you just picked them off and ate them. It was just like unbelievable. But that was and, and a great it, childhood memory. Oh my goodness! And and how exotic! Like the pomegranate. Did you always love food, or did, did anything particularly draw you to food more so? I mean, that sounded like an incredible experience to to have pomegranates yeah. back then. Yeah, well, mom, because mom lived uh, grew up in uh, in Rhodesia, that she would have been cooking food different to what the Irish mammy would have been cooking here in Ireland. So we were eating. Not, it's not exotic t- today, but back then it was very exotic, like of, of the dishes that we'd be eating. And uh, like we were eating peri-peri chicken, babuti, uh, you know, all sorts of wonderful stuff. And mum uh, and my grandparents, or my granddad in particular, was a real foodie. And, and he, we'd be eating dinner and we'd be talking about what we were going to have the next day. It was just kind of, <clears throat> I was surrounded by foodies, so and that's, I, I guess that's probably where I Natural got my, progression. my passion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kevin, I asked you to pick a memento from your travels and you've got something there in your hands that you're waving about. Will you tell the listeners what's your favourite travel memento? This, what it's in my hand, is a beautiful uh, rolling pin made out of glass. And there's a hole in the top that you can actually put cold water in and put a cork in it. So it keeps your pastry <clears throat> cold. Now, this was, uh, I was traveling in the UK and my grandmother gave me this uh, as, a pre- as a present. That's a, it's a family heirloom, but it was, it was a gift for me when I was traveling over in the UK. And my grand knew I loved uh, baking and I just, I just think it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. I use it. it, it it's use a glass it. rolling pin and it's got a beautiful blue and white um, wave It looks like Venetian glass, actually. It looks Doesn't like it? the Mirror Fiori glass, yeah, from Mirror Venice. Fiori, yeah, yeah, glass from Venice, yeah. So it's yeah. uh, it oh. is it's spectacular. So, oh, yeah. and so you use it, and you still use it. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Oh, oh that's a lovely, yeah. lovely travel travel memory well, to have. It's, it's a travel memory and a memory of my grand as well. So it's it's a double whammy for me. So. And it matches your lovely uh, Ducca blue kitchen. <laughs> it does, yeah. it does, doesn't it? <laughs> And your kettle over there, very color coordinating. Yeah, there you go. Um, What's the funniest thing that ever happened to you on holiday, Kevin? The funniest thing that ever happened to me on holiday. Uh, Oh, yeah, last year actually, because it was it was a a question like when someone asks you that question, it's like lots of funny things happen to you on holiday, but you don't actually really remember them happening sure. but last year I was actually on the Shannon and I was doing my two o'clock live video on the on the top of one of the boats and this guy called David and there was a gang there was a 12 of them and they just finished college and they were on a week's holiday on the Shannon and I had just done this seven part uh, snippets of how to make sardo and I, <clears throat> I told them all to name their sardo and David, David said it over to me. He said, I'm making your sourdough. It's brilliant. And, and I said, what's your name? It? And he said, uh, April. 
or what did he say? June. No, he said June. And I said, why June? He said, because it was the month of June. But it was just funny that. Yeah, he, he, he was, was like making it. 20, 22 years of age, chap making the bread. I just thought it was Aww. funny. And the way they, sh- they shouted over it was great. It was really oh, that, that's kind of a lovely memory, isn't it? Isn't it lovely yeah. the people you meet? And I I went um, cruising for, for the first time last year on, on the Shannon myself. And I kind of wish I had done it years ago because it's so magical. And the way people, you know, like that chat to each other and they help oh. each other with the boats to get, you know, to moor. And it's, it's just lovely. such a fabulous holiday. Like I, we've done it. I did it twice last year. And uh, and I love it for a couple of reasons. A is because I can go get on the boat and we're just ourselves so that you, you don't get anybody coming up looking, uh, chatting. or So you kind of get a switch off and I like switch off time. Uh, it's great to cook on board and there's great restaurants and the Shannon's very well equipped for uh, for moorings, as you said, but but there's loads of restaurants and bars along the way. So Absolutely. Like Lucas and Shannon Bridge is great crack. Yeah, there's loads yeah, of great ones. Exactly. Yeah. But, the, but the, we have done it on the Charente in France uh, as well. And uh, it wasn't as good in, in the sense that there wasn't it wasn't set up well enough that there was uh, enough place to stop like Sharon. So yeah. I definitely recommend the Sharon. It's a fantastic holiday. It is. It's a new holiday. I think a lot of people kind of tried it like I did last year. I'd normally have been away, you know, all summer yeah. traveling somewhere. So it was wonderful to experience it. And I'd love to do it again. Um, yeah. So, but, but if you could be anywhere in the world right now, you know, if we didn't have the restrictions and you could go anywhere, is there anywhere particularly that you'd like to, uh, to see that you haven't? Oh, the, see that I haven't seen before. Oh, well, well, either or somewhere that you'd like to go back to, or somewhere that you'd like. To uh, go to. I would love to be going skiing this Friday, and I had a book to my family. We go to Saint Anton every year, and we stay in Hotel Anton, and we've been going there for the last uh, I don't know, twenty years probably. And they keep our skis there in the hotel, and they take them out when we arrive back, and they've become really good friends of ours to the extent that their son uh, came over here and worked here for, for a summer and uh, Sophie was supposed to go there this winter to do uh, to work there for a bit. Uh, so, but we just, we love activity type of holidays as a family. So skiing is, is brilliant. But my favorite place in the world to go to, just cast for myself, is the Maldives. And it's, like everybody loves the Maldives, but it's, it's what I love about it is, is that it's, it's uh, you go onto an island you, you arrive you arrive by plane and then you either get a speedboat or a seaplane to your island and once you get off onto the island you take your shoes off and you put them back on as you leave and it's just like complete and utter switch off time of just of nothing and just eating great food and uh, relaxing and scuba diving and stuff like that so cool absolutely you've got a great mix in the Maldives don't you have different cultures can you tell me a little bit about the food that you you've, you found in the Maldives yeah well they try to do, there's a lot of Indian style food and then there's a lot of Japanese style food. I think they're just catering to the markets that's that's coming there. But the Maldivian food itself is kind of a lot of stew-based food, like a wet foods, which I really like. Uh, and I love Indian food. Anyways, I like that kind of spice. I like, I like uh, eating a lot of vegetables. And I think uh, particular, like I love meat, obviously, and fish, but but like if I'm eating vegetables, uh, I love it when it's in a curry because I just think it's so much more 
palatable and, and nourishing and filling and yum. And it's like someone's come up to you and just kind of hugged you with their, yeah. with their bowl of food. It's just, it's just lovely. Uh, a, lot of fi- a lot of fish as well over there. And, and that probably leads me back to India. You know, when you were in India, you said you, you, you've traveled it extensively. What, what did you find or how, what did you really like about India? I loved, I loved the people. And what I loved about, about them was it's very humbling to, to meet because I was, I was down in Kerala, so down south. And I was in small fishing villages and I was kind of looking at these families and how wonderful they are. They've got this beautiful white smile and really happy people. Uh, But their life is quite simple. So the husband would go out and fish during the night. They'd fish at night time there. And then they would come in in the morning and give the fish to their wives and they would dry them or fillet them and they would sell them at a market. And the kids would get up and go to school, come back and play soccer or or whatever the football was their main sport that they played over there and cricket and uh, but the but their housing what they lived in was fairly basic but you know when you when you analyze it like we create monsters we all create our own monsters and the, the more monsters that you create the, the more you have to feed it where you, when you actually strip it back they actually have the perfect world yeah you know, it's like yeah the kids, the totally kids are going agree. to school they're eating great healthy food they're living in this great climate and they're just happy now they do look at the western world and they kind of wish they had a bit of that but overall they're just like super people absolutely they and the color the color and, yeah. and the vibrance of 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 the place like when you go to the market there you just get this like waff of bringing spices and you see all these like dyes of clothing and sarongs and and it's just I don't I just think color gives life and brightness and and warmth and you know because like when I'm sitting here now at the moment it's a bit it's a bit cloudy out there <laughs> you know, it is. snow here this morning it's a, oh but it's uh, yeah. uh but it's uh I just love vibrance so yeah, yeah I'd yeah. recommend anybody to go to India so it's really really good yeah, really really nice, nice. And did you take many photos when you're there? Did you did, do you like yeah. taking photos? Yeah, I, I like taking photos. I'm taking more photographs now than I ever did. So uh, I went when I went there uh, once, and I went to uh, I went to an Arviva retreat. So so I did yoga and and I ate vegetarian for two weeks, and that was uh, that was a uh, kind of an interesting experience. Uh, really cool experience, but it, interesting. So, uh, and I took, I took, I went out to the markets and I went, to, I went on boats and stuff like that, and I took pictures there. Uh, probably the most, in terms of food experience uh, that I've traveled to, is two. One was to Thailand, and uh, I went on the the floating markets in Thailand, and that was amazing. But when we were going down to the floating island, we stopped off at this coconut plantation and uh it was amazing what they got out of a coconut so it started where you had the the coconut trees and they cut one of the branches and bent it over and then they had this kind of four liter drum that they sat under the the branch and it uh, caught all the sap 
and then they brought that over and then the, this fire going uh, in this it looked like like a mummy's coffin right so if that was and so they lit the fire underneath and the top they had these kind of flat paella pans and and they'd be reducing that uh, sugar down and they'd make uh, a coconut sugar out of it it was turned into like a fudge and then they put it into small containers and they broke it up into sugar and then they then they took the you know they obviously they took the coconut and meat out, out of it and then they used the shells where they used them for some of the shells they crushed them down and used them for fertilizing the ground and then the others they used uh, quarters of it where they actually grew orchid flowers out of them so it was like amazing what they got out of that. <laughs> nothing goes to waste <clears throat> I, yeah. I, I i'm a big fan of thailand myself and wherever you eat the food it's always good isn't it Yes, with Thailand, I'm very mixed on Thai food. I love um, their appetizers and the starters. I think they're they're uh, really, really good. I find their curries, although I like them, I find them very filling. So I'd eat like three or four mouthfuls and I'd, I'd get filled. And uh, I think it's the coconut milk that does it for me, or the coconut cream. But that's just me. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Thai would be probably one of my favourites. And where else did you go? The floating markets are incredible. I've seen them. I know exactly oh. what you're talking about. I mean, it's a sight for eyes. And when I asked, you know, do you take photos and do you have a selfie place? And I, immediately that, that came to my mind. Thailand <laughs> is, is rich in colour too, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, so, I, well, I have my favourite selfie uh, picture is actually in Victoria Falls. And I, yeah, and that yeah, was amazing. Brilliant. I tell you why it was amazing. My grandfather was managing director of Thomas Cook Travel many, many years ago. And he took the maiden voyage uh, on, on a seaplane. Uh, it took it from, he took it from Southampton to Victoria Falls. And it was the inaugural one that was with British Airways. And basically they could only fly during daylight at a certain level. So it was all visual so he and he kept a journal on this whole trip and he started with Southampton went to Sicily and he talked about having uh, currency um, coupons for each country and he, and he was a real foodie so he talked about the markets the hotels he stayed in and he showed pictures of, of this airplane that he stayed in and he was like doing a travel blog on it and, but he had like a full bed he had a butler and think this is how they traveled back. Oh then. my goodness, the way <laughs> love a return to that. To Car- I know. And then he went to Cairo and then ended up in Victoria Falls. And there's a hotel in Victoria Falls called Victoria Falls Hotel. And inside the door uh, in the lobby, there's this mural on, on the wall of the inaugural flight. And my grandfather's name's on that. Oh, fantastic! How cool is that? that is that's that's incredibly amazing. cool, and, and, yeah. and you must have taken a selfie at that. You yeah, did yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. well. But I already had a picture of it because in his journal he had a picture of that exact uh, mural that was put up there that day. It was like amazing. And then my mum and her mum travelled on the Queen Mary to to uh, Cape Town the same time and then he went down met them in Cape Town and then they travelled up through Africa through Sabi Sabi so beside Kruger National Park all the way up to Rhodesia and they uh, lived in Bulawayo it's an amazing story and oh, it's an amazing wow. journey to read and that's oh. like a real travel blog that one that's that really he didn't make it into a book did he by any chance though no I, no, I have it there I'm, I'm trying I nearly had it uh, signed off with uh, Discovery for a TV show 
that myself and my son were going to do. Oh my and goodness, they, that'd be amazing. there was issues on on uh, insurance and stuff like that. So it didn't actually happen. But I'm still trying because I just think it's such a cool story and That's a cool fantastic. blog to, to, to document. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm blown away with that. My head is full of all these romantic images of, you know, traveling with the old suitcases and Panama hats. I can just see it all in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you you mentioned Kilkee earlier. Now, now, we're all refinding Ireland, and I think we will more so than ever this year um, with staycations. Do you have another um, spot in Ireland that you found maybe last year or recently or that you would recommend? This there's so much, uh, so many nooks and crannies in Ireland, and uh, and I've just seen so so many beautiful places. A town that I love uh, very much is uh, Westport. I, I just love the whole feel when you drive into Westport. Again, it's got this kind of vibrance, fun, nice, really nice people. There's great walks. They have the Greenway. You know, they, uh, they've got great music and bars. Uh, and I, I really like that. Castanbur is another great place. I tell you where it's lovely is, is uh, West Cork, Union Hall, all around there. I remember driving down there. I was filming a TV ad or something like that. And I drove down there and I was going, I feel as if I'm on, like, in Italy or something like that. And it's like on the roads, driving around, going over those bridges, looking at the coastal uh, side. It's just like unbelievable. It's beautiful. Really, well, really nice. Well, well, when the sun shines, you really can oh. be anywhere. I mean, that we, we do have it all when the sun shines. You just need to get we it. We do it. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, in yeah. fairness, I should really be talking about the Hook Peninsula because it is beautiful down here. But, you know, when, when you live in a place, you don't actually see the beauty like when people come down here, they go, my goodness, the, the, the walks, the beaches, Tintern Abbey, the Hook by Crook. We've got great coastal walks. Yeah. It's like it's uh, great food in the area and great uh, accommodation uh, and stuff. Like that. I, I, I love that Hook by Crook story. Would you tell it's the listeners who haven't story. heard it before? Yeah. So if you're if you're in Dunbrody House, and Dunbrody House is an 1830 Georgian manor on 300 acres. We're on the Hook Peninsula. And so and we overlook. Crook and Crook is in Waterford. So the, you've got the three sisters, uh, the Bar of the Norn, the shore. Uh, and Cromwell was going to conquer Ireland by hook or by crook. So he was going to come up that estuary and conquer Ireland. He never did. But that's how that's where the saying <laughs> actually originates from. Yeah, yeah, by hook or by crook. And 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 and, crook. and, and it is Cook is actually the oldest lighthouse, isn't it? Working lighthouse in the world. Yes. And um, I know it's a tourist thing, right? And it sounds uh, but I absolutely love it. It is so interesting to go into the Hook Lighthouse and to take the tour and they talk about the light bulb and then they talk about the history of, of the lighthouse and you walk on a spiral staircase all the way up to the top and you have this beautiful vista from the top of the lighthouse. It is truly memorable to, to do. I mean, that, that really is unbelievable. Good. It's it it's one of those uh, memories that I have a few of them, but it's one of those memories that I will take to my grave. That vista from the top of the Hook Lighthouse. Well, what other memories do you have that particularly stand out? Well, I remember we went. Cash and myself went to Cairo, and uh, and we, we did this uh, great tour of Cairo, and we were staying in this uh, Mina Palace uh, hotel, 
And we were at a conference and we met the marketing director of that hotel. And now we've booked like just a normal room in the hotel. Like it's a beautiful hotel. And when we arrived, they gave us the penthouse suite. The upgrades. And this was a suite of all suites. It was five rooms long, right? And you couldn't, like if, if I was in one end of the room and or in one room, and cash was a five room, you couldn't hear each other. It was that big. <laughs> But what was amazing, there was a balcony off each of the rooms and it was literally us, maybe like a small field, maybe I'm trying to think of, of Marion Square, you know, the, the park in Marion Square sure. and, the, and the pyramids. So it was, it was the balconies, our room, the balconies, this small green patch and the pyramids. And like and we slept under the pyramids that night. Like that were unbelievable. Like oh, I mean what that a me- what a memory. That that will cost you a fortune, but we got it for nothing. <laughs> we were just blessed. But that but that but I think you find your find your own luck. And that was just like really lucky. And and but what a memory that is. That's just like spectacular. Oh wow. The great trip I took in Ireland was uh, remember I talked about I love adventure. And I also love luxury as well, right? So what we did was uh, uh, myself and four mates, like really good mates, we bought secondhand kayaks and we went, we left Dublin and we kayaked the canals to Carrigonshire or to Carrigonshire. And basically what we did is we had a van beside us and uh, he had, at nighttime, we used to put our kayaks on top of the van and he'd drive us to a hotel. So we'd stay in the hotel, eat a nice restaurant, and go back on the canals the next day. I tell you what was lovely about it was, it was, it was you kind of see Ireland inside out, if that makes sense, because you're in the middle of nowhere. And you just have this so much peace and, and amazing thing. And it was in 2009 or 2010, through the major crash. Um, what was great about it was it really cleared your head and we had great chats, like one-on-one too, like we're mates for years. And so we talked about everything and what's going on in your life. And we kind of really kind of ironed out a lot of issues that were going on. It was really, really good for your headspace. It was yeah. a fantastic holiday. It was really, really good. I think travel really changes you. It's not just a journey, but it's a journey into yourself. Usually when you go somewhere really, yeah. re- really totally. nice, and, you know, Um. And, and my next question was, what traveling, what traveling companion would you uh, ideally love to go on an adventure with? Um, and, and you've kind of nearly answered that for me. Is there anybody dead or alive you'd love to go? Maybe your granddad. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, Paul would be great. But uh, my favorite person to travel with is my wife. Isn't that lovely? That is really lovely. <laughs> that, <laughs> it is, though. It is, it though, is. because the two of us are, are so alike. And we're we, like, we met when we were 17. So we're like, we're really good friends. So as well as husband and wife. And uh, we just love just like chilling and walking and experience different things, uh, which is really good. Like Catherine, I think this is important, too. Catherine has got a great friend. Uh which is those friends, but she has a particularly great friend that they go on a walking trip every year. So they've done the whole of the Camino. They uh, and they just love that 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 me time or their time uh, to chat. And then I have my mates that what I just talked about another trip that we that myself and my mates uh, took. We went on the River Rogue, 
and we, we whitewater raft down the River Rogue in Oregon. And what was really cool about that particular holiday was is that when you, when you arrive at this cabin, uh, they take your watch and your phone off you and you, and you go off grid for six days. Ah. And you're on these whitewater rafting and then you pull in at nighttime and you have to pitch your own tents and they pitch the kitchen and they set up the toilet and stuff like that. And basically you go to sleep when it gets dark and you wake up when it gets bright and you actually go back in time. So near to primitive times where you'd wake up kind of every half an hour just to protect yourself because there was bears, there was like wildlife around the place. But it was, it was unbelievably amazing trip because like even the thought of not being stuck to your phone for seven days, could you even imagine what that's like anymore? <laughs> no, no, not, not at the moment. Certainly not. Yeah. We're all <laughs> slaves to technology at yeah. the moment. Um, yeah. I've been to Oregon, Kevin, and I found it an incredible state. It really, it, it's Beautiful. that sense of space, but the mountains and the colours and Mount yeah. Hood. What, were you near Mount Hood where you went or were you more to the um, yeah, we are, west? Yeah, no, we were. No, we were we were we were there, and and we uh, or Crater Lake. Cra- we, we near Crater Lake or uh, Crater, Crater Lake? Yeah, we. Yeah. But there was wow. there was the the waters. The River Rogue is quite a vigorous river, uh, so it was it was quite. Uh, you'd want to be fairly fit to do it, uh, but it was a uh, it was mad. Like when you were thrown out of boat, as you as you would be, uh, you they tell you to put your feet first because. Uh, if you put your feet behind you, you could get stuck behind rocks and you'd be pushed down. Like we only found out afterwards uh, that a number of people would die on that river every year just because it's that uh, vigorous. But it was, uh, but like when you, when you fall in, uh, you put your feet in front of you. So you're lying on your back and you're going down. And every time you tried to get a breath, another wave would hit over your, over your face. It was quite scary, but it was, uh, it was, uh, I just put everybody off it there. It was amazing. It's it's whitewater rafting is is well worth doing. It really, yeah. The company we went with, they were so professional. They were called Oars.com and they were they were unbelievably fantastic. I would definitely do that again. Definitely do that one again. So are similar. So I'd like to do the Grand Canyon actually. Have have you done? All right. I've been to the Grand Canyon because I had a restaurant in Las Vegas. So uh, so that not not too far from Vegas. Uh, but it was uh, that was that that's really impressive. I mean, there's so many beautiful places around the world, but like uh-huh. we're, we're Irish and we're kind of looking up from here, and the grass is always green on the other side of the field. But like they live in America, or they live in in India or, or South Africa, and they look at Ireland the way we look at their countries. So it's it's, it's that's very true. That's that's what's beautiful about travel. It, it is very. True. Is there anywhere that you haven't been that you'd really love to go? I would love to do the Galapagos Islands. We Catmans have had that booked at one stage, and I think it was foot and mouth or something made us cancel it, and we just never got back to it. So it's it's one that's definitely uh, was it. We were going to go on on a boat. They're small boats, cruise cruise boats, like yachts that they've done up. And there was one called Princess Grace, I think it was that had moved down there, and it was like. I think there was like 10 people on this boat and you just kind of, yeah. yeah I'd like quite, to that. Quite, they're quite limited. Celebrity, I think, have, have as well got a kind of a flotilla 
um, uh, special oh, boat yeah. to, to, to get onto Galapagos. Yeah. Now, and, and what, what's happening for you, Kevin, at the moment, like um, w- w- with your business? I mean, I, I know we're, we're all um, restricted at the moment. Have you plans coming up or? or y- yeah, you know, so well, uh, we've done a new lodge now. So the gate lodge is, is completed. It's beautiful. It's a two bedroom lodge with a full kitchen, sitting room. Uh, it's an old, it's, it's built in 1830, the same as Dumbrody House, which is uh, super. Uh, we're putting on two glass t- terraces on the front uh, on the front of the hotel. So we're, we're creating a uh, beautiful outdoor dining space there. So with, with lovely heaters, so people can warm and be warm. There, the terrace is very popular in Dumbrody anyways, but this is now just uh, kind of... Um, kind of giving a little more uh, blankets and security for people if the weather's not great they still could be outdoors so be, people would feel safer like last year we did residents only in the hotel so there was lots of space for for guests so we found that people that came but it's at the start of when we reopened they rebooked two or three times during the year because they felt uh, really safe and uh, and we'll do that again this year i'd say it'd be just residents only this year as well that's our plan at the moment We've just, I've just signed a contract with where we're coming out with our own new wine. Uh, uh, so Kevin done the signature wine. Very exciting. So, oh, yeah, good. so that's good. So we're in the, in the process of blending grapes and, and wines at the moment. So we'll have a, a white and a red out this year, which is exciting. And which will be for sale in Ireland, but it'll be sale, uh, for sale worldwide, which is good. Uh, we're doing uh, a lot of online stuff as we all are at the moment. So our, our cooking school has gone pretty much online, and it's, which is very popular. So and we do uh, uh, courses on Instagram, private Instagram pages. And we're doing a lot of corporate Zoom stuff. And uh, we're just trying to think outside the box because, you know, places like, like Dumbrody, they do cost money to maintain. Uh, we're fine. So uh, we're forced. I think we're forced because we're in business for the length of time that we're in. So we, we, we did have a bit built up that, that's maintaining, you know, keeping us going. Uh, I do feel sorry for new, new start businesses that are, will be struggling big time, uh, particularly urban-based restaurants and hotels. Uh, they really kind of really got a tough uh, last year. I think we're on the coast, so I think coastal hotels did really well and they should do well. By all the signs, they should do well again this year, so... I think people will be really looking forward to having lots of short breaks. I mean, you know, when they couldn't go anywhere, even and and midweek, hopefully, you know, before maybe some some properties might have seen, you know, maybe have had empty Tuesdays or Wednesdays. I think, I think it's going to be a good year. I'm optimistic, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I agree. I, I I agree with you. I think I think it's I I think. Uh, days of the week don't matter anymore because we don't know whether uh, exactly. I don't even know what day it is today. Actually. <laughs> yeah, it could be Sunday for all I know. <laughs> it's it's just, kind of pain, a pain pain to call you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, yeah. everything is just kind of a, a blur into one at the moment. You know, at this time of year, it's it's coming into March, and I just think that it's a lovely time of year for Ireland because, and it gives great hope because the garden is starting to come alive. Like we've got camellias that have just come out there. Our daffodils are starting to come out. And I just, I just when I see that uh, coming and then, you know, followed by those, uh, magnolia trees will come out, or camellias. And, you know, it's just, 
and the kitchen garden is looking great and you know stuff is in the ground and we're going to see stuff coming out of the ground and it just it just gives that great hope doesn't it yeah uh, yeah no I, you yeah. De- I definitely can see it and, and feel it. the days are starting to get longer <laughs> yeah. you know that's yeah. it. You, you can you can start to see that now you know yeah. Well, well, Kevin, I, that's been a great chat. I, I really enjoyed it. You've taken me to India and Oregon and South Africa. And, you know, I, I'll be thinking about this now for the rest of the day. It's been really I know, yeah. So I, I don't know whether it was a good idea or a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so in my zone of just being, I'm in Ireland, yeah. I'm going yeah. more. And now you've just like reunited all these wonderful uh, trips. <laughs> absolutely. All these lovely memories and giving people food for thought, you know, for where they, they will uh, travel again. Mm-hmm. And hopefully if they, Hopefully, they saved money that you know they, they will look forward to to some adventure. Yeah, but I know? think I think people like uh, not everybody, but a lot of people would have saved money over the over the the last year and stuff of that. And maybe their next foreign trip could be a, even a better trip than they would normally get because they might be able to yeah. afford to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think and hope so. And they probably will be able to afford to go to nicer properties within Ireland, castles and absolutely. and play. You know, you know, blue yeah. book houses and play places they. Might have thought we're out of their reach before, but I think that you know that they'll realise, um, you know, the value of go- of going for something a little bit more special. Yeah, I, I think what's nice about um, somewhere like Dunbrody House, which is part of Ireland's Blue Book, which are all individually owned by family, family-based families, uh, there are Indigenous Irish properties, and I think in this time more than ever we do need to support our own. We need to support. Support, yeah. support the small businesses because that is the backbone of what Ireland's all about. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, thanks a million for the time, Kevin. That was, that was great. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. It's great to touch you. <laughs> Hopefully I'll see you on the road. <laughs> yeah, please God. Cheers right. and best of luck this summer. Take care. Bye. Yeah, you Bye. too. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, it was such a pleasure to chat with Kevin and learn all about his wonderful history of travel that goes way back in his family. I always say travel broadens the mind and feeds the soul and there's so much to be learned in the process. And speaking to Kevin reminded me of a famous parable about the fisherman um, by Paolo Coelho. It's it's a short little story uh, about a fisherman who literally has it all and a businessman who learns from him. It's definitely worth looking up. So on that fishy note, my next guest is steeped in fishing pedigree and he spent some time at sea himself. Sean Doran of Hoth has some interesting tales and advice about the fishing world and how it too can find its way into the tourism industry. Well, I'm out here in my hometown of Hoth by the sea and it's a beautiful high tide and I'm just here with Sean Dorn from Dorn's Seafood on the Pier who's a long-standing um, fishing family in Hoth and they have a fabulous shop and the best fish and chips I have to say in Hoth. Uh, their fish is completely fresh and I've lovely... Um, He's got a new website with lots to offer people who can't get to the sea. If you want a flavour of the sea and you want to taste it, you can actually get it to your own home. Is that right, Sean? That's correct, yeah. We just have uh, launched a new website after COVID came in called Seafood2Go. That's the number two. Seafood2Go.ie, which we deliver, unfortunately at the moment, only to the greater Dublin area. But if we get busier and more successful, obviously we look at nationwide deliveries. So what you can do is you go on, click on, and hopefully in a few clicks you can uh, fill a basket from the freshest of cod, salmon, famous hot haddock, 
uh, all the wonderful shellfish that Ireland has to offer and uh, we also have a range of ready to cook ready to cook meals so when you get it to your house all you have to do is pop it in the oven for 10 or 15 minutes and uh, uh, then you can sit back and relax and enjoy the freshest fish that uh, we have to offer in a great country surrounded by the sea we've some great offerings and, uh, and I can vouch I can vouch for those Sean because I especially like your hake and leek dishes and I pop down here myself when I want to treat myself on a Saturday night <laughs> it's very popular in our house as well as your prawn korma and uh, your teriyaki salmon even oh, my yes. dad was was venture, adventurous enough to, to try that and he loved it yeah one of my favourites too as well and uh, yeah we have a wide variety for all tastes uh, spicy and uh, savoury and sweet and whatever and we've a uh, you know, and obviously we'd help anyone in, in suggestions as well if they want to try it be a bit different and uh, you know par for the traditional sea, uh, seafood we have you know a little bit little bit more exotic like the, the tuna and the sea bass and the the, you know, the fish that comes in mainly from abroad and uh, you know we have a large variety of frozen fish as well so we can get it here pop it in your freezer and take it out and try something different. Um, will, you, will you deliver hampers to people outside Dublin, or we could deliver hampers? Yeah, so so the likes of uh, fish, uh, like like the likes of uh, smoked salmon, which is packed, and uh, yeah, we've got shines tuna, have an amazing amazing range of tuna and sardines, uh, and that mostly are all Irish uh, sourced as well. And oh, this is something really good, we yeah. really want to push in Dorans as well, is Irish sourced seafood. Not easy to say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, because, you know, as an island nation, sometimes we don't appreciate what's literally, if I can use the phrase, on our doorstep. Uh, so we, 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 in Dorans especially, look at uh, something, you know, all the products, you know, from the likes of Goldsbridge Trout Farm, uh, down in Kilkenny, which Mags and the crew have some fantastic products as well uh, to obviously smoked salmon like Daly's from Carsevine and uh, Shines as I mentioned from Donegal and many other companies around you the coast. You could really do a tour of the entire country fish wise couldn't you? I Coming think after Covid I think maybe Michelle we'll, we'll hook up and maybe we'll do uh, the, the coast according to, I, I, to I us. I like that I like that hook up and of course because we go back a long way Sean, Sean you and I we, we've got steeped in fishing tradition our families are Absolutely. and they go back here, here in Hoth and not many people would know that about me my great grandfather was a fisherman and yes. of course um, your your family too um, like you, you came to Hoth a long long time ago yeah my mother and father came uh, up in the 50s and uh, my father was probably one of the most successful fishermen in Ireland over the years uh, and uh, at one stage we had a fleet of about 12 boats all that's changed for different various reasons but uh, my two brothers are ex-skippers I'm an ex-fisherman and I came ashore a little bit earlier unfortunately because my father passed away at a young age so uh, I came ashore to look out to the shore side of things um, but we you know I've and, and that makes a big difference then to, to have actually fished you know the fish so well yeah. uh, to, to be able to bring it then to the plate for the consumer I think that makes a big difference yeah I think so I would like to think that the input of being fishing uh, and known exactly how fish are caught and what effort and, and uh, resources go into catching fish uh, is uh, I've brought to later life for the wholesale and retail and now safe to go online. What do you think the future is for fishing in Ireland for for the fishermen and what way is it going to go? I mean it has been shipped away at gradually over the yeah. decades hasn't it? I suppose in one word and I don't we're all trying to look for positives in this day and age with the Covid uh, situation but uh, it's it's a bit bleak uh, between uh, our 
relative uh, weakness in Europe and not being able to fight her own corner properly. But Brexit hasn't helped. And then with, you know, I don't want to get too political, but the, the, the years of uh, inaction, inaction by the government, successive government of all hues and colours, uh, they just don't see the sea as a resource which makes me pull my hair out on a daily basis. Absolutely. When you look at the Norwegians, how they have built such an incredible economy for themselves, being the second largest fish producers in the world. You know, our sea is our richest resource and we have kind of just let it go. I think, is it is it even 4% of our own waters we're allowed fish now, Sean? Is it something yeah, four, like that? Yeah, 4% of the fish that's in our waters. Imagine we, we're we had, We had 25% of the waters before Brexit. Now we'll have a much larger percentage, which I must go and find out but it's probably approaching over 40 percent um and if you look at as you say norway iceland uh, the faroe isles um australia new zealand the island nations who had were the masters of own destiny have thriving fishing industries thriving fishing communities uh, if you dig down into it and um the norwegians and the, and the new zealanders put down rules and by god if you break those rules you're in trouble uh, here, um, we we the, the, what's going on the west coast of Ireland is just criminal every day yeah. by EU boats. Some of them are, I'm afraid to say, but generally, um, it, you know, we have uh, huge factory boats in there. And, uh, and did, did they just literally pull all the fish up from the, the seabed? And does does it wreck the um, the, the system? Yeah, uh, well, not, not well. It obviously, would have some effect on not so much on the sea better, but the ecology of the of the sea is is uh, is, is changed. I mean, we have the big uh, what they call the pelagic boats, which are the boats that catch herring and mackerel and so on, and they would be guilty an awful lot of what they call high grading. Whereas if they catch small fish and it's not marketable, they just let them go. In their hundreds of tons, and their and their. Uh, of course, that's reckoning for the next generation. Reckoning for the next generation. Um, it, 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 that, sorry to interrupt you there, but no, you, no. you're reminding me of a fantastic film I saw called Atlantic, which was made yes. a few years ago, which really highlighted how Canada had um, stopped overfishing and yes. kind of rebuilt their stock. So, it is possible to do that here. Do you think, Sean? And do you think COVID might have helped? Um, yeah, I, I'm very familiar with the Canadian situation. I spent a bit of time in Newfoundland and where they uh, literally uh, shut down their fish. Very unpopular. The, the minister nearly got lynched. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about authority uh, by the fishermen at the time. But ultimately, uh, although it was a hard decision, it was the right decision. Uh, we don't have um, anybody, in, certainly in Ireland and I don't think even in Europe, that would, uh, would understand, would understand that, yeah. or, or be brave enough uh, to do that. Uh, and they're just going to chip away until fishery is, is exhausted. Um, however, uh, COVID sort of has helped a little, but we, we, we still have to see have to see where the cards fall. And I mean, there is great potential for... Uh, I mean, I, I actually don't know how to fish, and I, I've been dying to, to, to try fishing myself. And, you know, th- that's actually a lovely activity that could be brought in on our coasts, isn't it? You know, for tourist fishing. Oh, tourist fishing could be huge as well. And again, I mean, for instance, like in the bluefin tuna situation, we're not even allowed to catch one bluefin tuna for recreation off the coast of Ireland. Yet we are allowed, the Japanese were on the west coast of Ireland. And if you look on the internet now, you can see the, the fleets of Japanese that came from the other side of the world really? to fish our fisheries. And we <laughs> we on the beach can't do it. And now, who gave them the authority for Well, that they're show? able to fish in international waters 200 miles off. But right. other fleets, like French and, and, and Spanish fleets, do have quotas in Irish waters and are allowed to catch bluefin tuna in Irish waters. 
The same with sea bass. People say to me, why do I have to import sea bass from uh, farms in Greece or even import wild sea bass from France? And I say, well, these wild sea bass were probably caught off the coast of Wexford or, or, or Cork boats, right. by French boats and, and are expo- brought back in by the boats to France and then exported, re-exported to Ireland. So, like, I mean, if you want anomalies in the in, a, in the <laughs> European in the European theatre, just yeah. look at the fishing industry for five minutes, and you'll go away scratching your head. Absolutely, and you know, there is very little more palatable, more healthy, more delicious than a really good seafood meal. And you know, we've got a plethora of fabulous restaurants here in Hoth. Um, at one end of the quay, you've got Aqua, and coming down, you've got, uh, of course, the Ore House, hugely popular. You've got um, Brass Monkey, uh, and yeah, the, the Brass Monkey, and Ivans, oh, and the, you know, yeah. and of course, the King Citric was one of the first and most yeah. famous fish restaurants John in, in Ireland. Ate, yeah, John Laid opened up there fifty years, I think, last year or year, year or two ago, and they've got some fantastic um, dishes over there as well, and they really were heroes to the Irish fishing industry to get it out to the you know the general public yeah to make it popular to yeah. let get people really because because it was kind of nearly like a hardship to eat years ago when when, when the fish was kind of <laughs> forced down your neck on a friday yeah, you know we've yeah. got that that that, that, that catholic kind of uh, uh, guilt and restrictions that we had on us then but yeah, you know absolutely uh, it, it really has become i think one of the most popular um foods and when i go into a restaurant a nice restaurant i'll always pick out the fish yeah, well, I suppose, to, like, I mean, we talked enough about the negative side of the industry, but the, the positive side is is the, the people, like, around the coast. And, you know, and we're lucky in Dublin that we have other alternative employment options. But if you look at the likes of, uh, you know, Donegal and West Cork and, and, and Galway and, uh, and the islands around, and you see what people are doing with seaweed products is another uh, oh, point. There's, there's some fantastic seaweed products out there, sea salt, and and uh, that are that's been harvested from the sea, and 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 the added value and the professionalism and the effort uh, being put behind uh, different things like we say shines and dailies and 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 uh, you know carling for oysters up in in uh, and beauty products health. as well that come from seaweed and from yeah like Green and Marla have a fantastic range of the most natural products there. Uh, I'm not a user myself, I have to say, <laughs> although I probably should do. I could probably do. <laughs> uh, but like, I mean, and and we've we've got these these small little uh, cottage industries, and not so not so small as well in some cases. But they're, I mean, again, they're to use the word, they're heroes of the of the industry because they they what they they saw something that nobody else saw, and they brought it, and you know, and and it, you know. I would suppose if anything plead with the Irish public and the, and 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 the people living in Ireland to look at these products and look at these uh, producers. For indigenous industries exactly. that we need to yeah. really and we don't need to nurture. run onto these mm. websites and, and buying in stuff from from the other side of the planet. We have it here, um, and if 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 we had a little more management of our fisheries, we we should have it here for for generations to come. Now, so Sean, I believe there is talk of some. Um, fishery tourism happening in Fingal and, and the area Yes that's correct well there's been always uh, a few activities like the boats come to Ireland's eye and uh, angling boats for hire but something I uh, hooked upon excuse the pun a few years ago was when uh, ordinary Dubliners and Irish people and, and tourists just uh, randomly come down the harbour and they'd see me and probably identify that I, I'm the local and just start ask me asking me general questions about boats and fishing and fishermen and nets and gear and what have you and um, 
it, it was always enjoyable talking to people about your industry and what what's close to your heart. So I said maybe you know with the way things are changing and the the relatively ease to get around the world, uh, obviously all pre COVID, was uh, that 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 uh, people were in, in, interested in hearing about something different when they went abroad. And like I, I, I'm a fair interest in history as well, and I always make sure that when I go, I, there's something that there's to, to, to draw my attention. Um, so I said, well, let's take that and use it here and hold. So I started up a concept called School of Fish. Um, so obviously a play on words, but it would be that people can come who have little or no in, uh, background of fisheries. And think that, mightn't think that they have any interest in it, but we found that anybody who's been brought along, and especially people who've been given the uh, day out as a gift, uh, find that they are intrigued by the industry. Uh, what sort of things would they be doing in it? Well, first of all, we start with a very informal uh, welcome and uh, little introductions, and we try and make everybody feel very comfortable, is the first thing, because it's a fun day. That's the, that's the main thing. It's a fun day, an educational fun day. And uh, we we do about half an hour in in the classroom. Um, again, uh, when we're allowed to do this, uh, and then we would um, explain the industry and the, the background of the industry, um, and the general, you know, things about hout and the boats and what types of fish are caught off hout in the Irish Sea. And then we go for a walk on the harbour, and basically, then it's it's it turns out to be a two way conversation where people ask the questions and we respond do they get to go on a fishing boat uh, if possible the boats if the tide is right and, the, and when people want to uh, they yes and the skipper allows yes there is always that uh, chance to do it um, it doesn't happen every day but yeah people go aboard some people would only want to go and look in the wheelhouse and look at all the equipment to get navigation and equipment and, and safety equipment and, and uh, fish finding equipment uh, some people want to go down the engine room and look at the fish handling uh, qualities of the boat because we have to remember that and this is a big part of the day is that these boats are not just fishing boats they're food factories and that they need to get the food back to the shore in as best possible condition as they as they can to realise the best price for the market and to, and to make sure that the fish merchants get so, the so quality. So do you envisage this is going to be something that maybe a family would do? A family could kind of come out for the day and and experience what it's like to, to be a fisherman or to learn about the fishing yeah. industry? Well we've fishing. had a wide range of, of, of customers uh, up to when we had to close. Like yeah, We've had families We've had corporate. We've had um, we've had overseas visitors who who've just found it on the on the internet, um, and I mean, I, I one particular uh, memory of a, a guy who I could see coming into the uh, into the uh, uh, school into the classroom at the beginning of the evening. Just I knew he didn't want to be there, he, and uh, two and a half hours later, I couldn't get you rid couldn't of get him. Get away from. Him. <laughs> <laughs> because he had so many questions uh, and found that there were so many things that, that he was interested in. And I mean, there's so much to fish in this, the whole meteorological aspect. There's yeah. the whole idea of the movements of the oceans, the currents, the, the technicalities. And what about a bit of rope tying? Would, would you learn how to tie a few ropes? Well, that's the fun bit at the end of the evening, is we always give uh, a, 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 a few tasks to the people. And they're obviously not, they're not compulsory, but we try and uh, encourage them to learn. And we can and will teach you how to splice a rope or tie a few knots maybe you didn't know how to or even mend the net 
uh, fishing net in 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 the last twenty oh, minutes. So that's, that's great. That's great. Well, you could even start a new in a new industry or a new profession <laughs> yeah. in the middle of it. Absolutely, yeah. but it's it's great fun and it it sort of rounds it off. And normally, when we when people leave, we we, we there's more laughing than talking, as usually had been had. Yes. And you know, if if people decide that they want to go into one of the restaurants, we do a package there so they can have a, an evening or an afternoon meal and a glass of wine if they choose along with it and we include that in the pack that can be included in the package so it's it's easy it's versatile you can you know we can one one group might decide they want to go up to the sink lift and find out why the boats go up in the lift and get all the work carried out and it's done and sure. other people other people might want to know more about lobster pots other people about fish handling about brexit plastics in the ocean uh the eat the, the rules of the eu navigation safety equipment there is we have a sort of a, a prompt chart where we would go through uh, about twenty different subjects during the day, but really it's, it's led by the class or by the by the people who are there, who and what they want to talk about. That, that sounds know. like a really great activity and, and something to look forward to and something to offer. You know, at the end of the dark line, when when, when people do come yeah. back to visiting Hoth again, when well, we can. I'll just say that every day that I've done it. And I've done it you know, a good few times now. Is I've really enjoyed it, and I would like to think that the people who come have enjoyed it as much as I have. And uh, usually there's two or two of us, and sometimes we bring in a retired skipper, um, and he will regale the stories of the times that he was at sea and a few funny incidences, wow, a few not so funny. <laughs> so we we give a, a a wide gambit to that as well. That's, that's a really great experience. I think people would travel now with sustainability and everything. It's all about experiential travel and and learning as you experience travel. I think absolutely, that's going to be yeah. Important. And like I suppose just to finish, we'd like to say that they go away with a little bit of the taste of their salt on their lips, but <laughs> without going to sea, this is the next best thing that they will do uh before uh, you know that, that before they actually step on a trawler and actually go out for three or four days we would like to think that we would give them as close to the experience as possible um of what it's like to be a fish yeah, man, what it's like yeah. to be a fishman yeah yeah i mean people should look at, at at um at seafood in a new light and and sort of say like you know uh what what you know what can we do and uh you know and, and bring it on to the next generation of kids and so you know and it's it's a fun thing to cook it's it's easy and uh, it's full of your natural vitamins and minerals if you can get to the food if you place. come out the doors or go onto our website <laughs> yeah. we can get it to your door yeah <laughs> oh, that, that, that's great so they just just get on well we, we nobody can travel more than 5k at the moment but yeah. they can certainly go online to seafood to go dot ie and they can buy it and you'll deliver it within the within the pale within the pale uh, within yeah. the m50 even within yeah the uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll always look at we'll always yeah. do our best for our, yeah. our, our clients our customers because we want them to enjoy what we we have a chance to enjoy every day you know so so it's it's something that uh, you know as i say again you know we we have the resources in ireland and uh, you know just uh, look look out for them as well and if, if we don't supply them I mean uh, you know a lot of these smaller indigenous uh, companies will supply directly you know are you you know some, some they'll have them in, in, in other shops or sure. outlets as well you know sure. so, so that you should be able to get them well, listen, thanks very much for talking to me today, Sean. Um, I'm going to pop in now and get something for my dinner. And it was absolutely, <laughs> it was great talking. It was a beautiful high tide out here in Hoth. The sun isn't shining today, but it, it's, it's lovely. And, um, you know, it's just lovely to be beside the sea. We're very lucky. We are lucky. We're blessed. Yeah. <laughs> We're blessed in every sense. We are. So everybody can have a taste of it now, too. Thanks very much, Sean. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Well, I'm 
feeling hungry after all that talk this week and I'll be recommending that if you buy from Seafood to Go and use my name The Novel Traveller when you're making your booking, Sean will give you four fish dinners for the price of three. These usually retail at 18 euros so do check out his website Seafood to Go. Next week I'm chatting with the lovely Sally Ann Clark of the fabulous Le Crevan restaurant and she has some big news coming up about a new venture involving herself and husband Derry Clark. So until next week, ciao for now and I'll leave you with the strums of Pat Coldrick and Oreo Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs>